Hey guys, this is me, Digimove Today, a Chibuja Oshotui, Shatemeshiste Oji, Ivostemoviste Ora. Welcome to a Digimove Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. In this episode, I have Becky Powers as my guest. She's an occupational therapist and certified hand therapist by trade, and she has perfected over the years how to properly utilize movement and exercise to facilitate healing for the body. Her healthcare training has taught her the science of stretching, biomechanics of body movement, and exercise dosing. Her yoga career began two years ago when she completed a 200-hour yoga teacher training from the oldest yoga training institute in San Antonio, Texas. Her areas of interest include yoga to address chronic pain and arthritis, ergonomics for prevention of cumulative trauma, yoga for balance and fall prevention, neurorecovery including Parkinson's disease, stroke, head trauma, and spinal cord injury, chair and wheelchair yoga, yoga for kids, with special needs or just yoga for kids, family yoga for parents and kids, pelvic health and prenatal yoga. So without further ado, let's just get started. Hi, Becky. Thank you very much for being here. So my first question for you is if you can tell me about yourself. Uh, my name is Becky Powers. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm also an occupational therapist. Um, I recently joined a virtual yoga studio, joined the teaching crew there. Um, and I'm also a certified hand therapist. So most of the patients I work with at my day job are people who are post-ops, maybe have a surgery to their shoulder to hand area. And, um, mainly I just try to work with people to get from their prior level of functioning after an injury or an illness, uh, just to get them to a level of independence. Um, when do you- like or before the injury, if that's at all possible. I'm also a soon-to-be first-time mom, um, and we're due to have a baby on July 16th of this year. So almost there, like in a couple of months. <laughs> so close. Wow. Well, why do you why do you decide to become an occupational therapist? Um, I decided to become an occupational therapist because it was basically, if you read the job description, it was everything I ever wanted in a job. Um, it's a real general field, and basically the whole goal is just to help people reach their fullest potential. So, um, you know, it could be someone who has to a brand new disability. Maybe they have paraplegia and, and they find themselves living in a, a wheelchair and they don't know how to get around their house because their doorways are too narrow. Um, those kind of things we would problem solve through and just help people to achieve the maximum level of independence. Um, And then I just sort of got real interested in orthopedics as I was going through my career. And so I decided to take a board exam and become a certified hand therapist um, because you get to use a lot of creativity. And I really enjoy creating things. For example, like if someone has surgery and you have to build them a splint to hold their hand in a certain position, those kind of things um, are really fun for me. Now, I know you know a lot about the science of stretching. Can we talk a little bit more about that? What's the science of stretching? The science of stretching is a super broad topic, so it's hard to cover. Um, But if you just want to define it, the science of stretching is just the study of the most effective methods to elongate body tissue. A lot of experts kind of think, well, if you have a muscle that's a certain length, you know, you have a muscle that's three foot long, you can't make it three and a half feet by stretching. They don't necessarily believe in the science that much, Um, so it can be a little bit of a controversy. But at the same time, um, when you have an imbalance, sometimes you will have shortened soft tissue, whether it's, you know, a a 
muscular tendinous structure or a ligamentous structure, um, it can become adherent. They can even stick together um, when there's pathology in a joint or a muscle. So the stretching can be very, very beneficial because stiffness can create lots of pain. People with chronic pain may have a lot of pathological stiffness um, and stretching can really help them out. Um, one example might be someone who has prolonged sitting job where they, you know, maybe sit at a desk all day and they might have some shortened chest muscles and elongated back muscles. Um, elongated muscles we know are a little bit weaker. So um, stretching can be very beneficial to help with that resting uh, length tension of a muscle. You don't, you don't want a muscle to be too, you know, flaccid or at rest like your your shoulder blade muscles when you're sitting at a desk you want them to be a little bit more active and on the flip side you don't want the antagonist those chest muscles to be excessively tense or tight or taut or shortened um, so sometimes just doing a, a yoga practice midday on your lunch break and kind of opening up the chest and maybe building some strength in your back um, can really help with preventing chronic conditions like a nerve impingement or a rotator cuff tear, those kind of things that you see um, with, mm. with, um, with uh, elongated uh, weak muscles and, and taut, tight, stiff muscles. And I know you currently teach yoga classes at the Elm Institute, and I'll have you talk about that in a second. But I want to know, why do you decide to become a yoga instructor? Uh well, I've been practicing yoga since I was in college, probably maybe 20 years or so. And I've always been really interested in it, but I also found it was a great tool at my job. So I initially started using yoga um, with clients. For example, maybe they had a, a brain injury um, and they lost their ability to, to sequence, um, to know their body movement in space, that awareness was gone. And I might try a few little yoga poses here and there, and, and it would really kind of help them break through and, and reach their goals. Um, and I just wanted to delve further into to teaching, so I decided to take a 200-hour training course about two years ago. And it was really beneficial because I got to really uh, use it a lot more at my job. Um, and then I think I'm attracted to it just because I enjoy creating sequences. <laughs> just like mm -hmm. I enjoy blends at work, I like creating um, a sequence that can reach people and be accessible to everyone, you know, even special populations. That's awesome that you already had the science background before you got into the yoga training. Um, can we talk about biomechanics of body movement, which I know it's a very broad topic, but w what about it? What can you tell people when they hear the word biomechanics? Um, biomechanics is a subset of kinesiology, so it um, is basically studying how movement has a different effect on body structures, and it also has to do with um, the the context of the environment. So, for example, um, one study of biomechanics would be what is the ground reaction force um, when you're jumping or running. So you can think of maybe your your sun salutations when you're practicing yoga. Um, and when you're trying to jump from the back of your mat to the to the front of the mat, think of the force as it travels up, you know, when your feet land on the ground, what's going on with the tissue inside the body as that force is coming up your leg. Um, so those kind of 
un that understanding and that study is what biomechanics of body movement is and, and why it's so helpful to know about biomechanics is because it helps you understand on whether the tissue deformation is beneficial. Um, it's a force created that helps you rebuild tissue that's stronger, uh, has more endurance, or if it's a deformation of tissue that can be harmful, maybe micro tears, maybe inflammation are happening in the body um, because the force is too great for the body to handle. Mm -hmm. So those kind of concepts are helpful to understand. Now, I have um, sometimes people ask me questions. Um, let's talk about um, if we can talk about exercise dosing. So how much one person should work out? I think how much someone should work out is very highly variable. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the bigger factors, is, of course, is genetics. Um, how well does your endocrine system work? It will stress the body out too much to overexercise. Um, at too high of an intensity, do you have a cardiac condition and many, many other factors. Um, so exercise dosing is something that you do on a highly individualized basis. Um, so basically you just have to kind of understand the whole person, all the different factors involved and how the strain of exercise um, will, will benefit or could be harmful for that person. Now, I know that you also um, have knowledge on yoga for special populations, and I want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So when do you decide to, to get into, you know, to learn more about special populations and why? Um, I think it just kind of came naturally because generally I spend most of my day with some sort of special population who has reduced mm -hmm. somehow. Um, one of the biggest things I see is what we call the revolving door phenomenon in healthcare, where you may see someone end up hospitalized for a condition, maybe a diabetes um, issue, or uh, you know maybe they had a traumatic accident, and then they are released from the hospital usually rather quickly. They may come to me, an outpatient uh, clinic, for, for rehab for a little while, and then when their benefits run out, they may notice that they have reduced access. Maybe they can't get to a public gym like they used to. They can't drive anymore. They don't have transportation. Um, and then your emotional centers sort of get affected. So you, you lose your motivation and people will maybe stay in their recliner, just generally speaking. And, and these conditions will flare up and we'll see them back in the hospital maybe a couple of weeks after we saw them already. Um, so for me, it's about access for special populations, um, whether it's a pediatric population, maybe it's even, you know, the, the autistic population and parents are overwhelmed at the behavior issues and don't want to go in public. So they're staying home. Those mm -hmm. things. Um, so yeah, one of the reasons I was attracted to yoga and especially virtual yoga is something that people can have access to. And not only does it help your body to move, it helps you stay healthy, stay in shape and keep your health. Uh, it also helps your emotional centers. You know, your, your breathing practices can help you to self-soothe, self-calm. It can combat depression and really motivate you to move more um, and just makes it less likely that you're going to have those, those sort of complications where you decline from your condition. Now, I also know that you teach uh, prenatal yoga. Why, when do you decide to start teaching prenatal yoga? Was it because you are, were pregnant yourself that you got into it? 
or what, what, when, you know, how, how did that happen? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was pregnant yeah. the time I started at the virtual studio, so it seemed like the appropriate time to start a, a prenatal series. Um, I have a, a women's health condition myself that I, I've been to women's health physical therapy a, a few different times and have self-treated. Um, so I'm just really interested in, uh, you know, women's conditions and uh, especially pregnancy. And I think yoga is just a wonderful tool to help with preparation for delivery and birth and reducing complications in pregnancy. Um, so I really, really love it. So that's why I enjoy teaching it. Have you seen any benefits yourself? Like, why would you say that yoga is good for pregnant women? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know taking long walks has been great exercise for me, but I've also known that it contributes to a lot of my pregnancy aches and pains. Um, Mm -hmm. and yoga is just so much more well-balanced, especially if you do a variable practice, you know, you don't do the same routine all the time. Um, so it's helped me to build my endurance and also help gain some muscle balance. So those muscle groups that are really important stabilizers, like your, your hip abductors, um, things that really help prevent incontinence, bladder issues, those kind of muscles you don't target with, with general endurance training. You can target a lot with yoga. Um, and it also helps you feel a lot more flexible. I don't think I'd be able to get up and down from the floor at eight months pregnant <laughs> if I had mm-hmm. practicing yoga. Do you, do you provide any modifications for uh, pregnant women in your class? Yes, I use props, and a lot of the props that we use you can find around the house. You don't have to buy any special yoga props, Um, but I definitely do adapt it because I know there's certain positions that I myself can't get in anymore. Even just child's pose is hard right now, Um, but if I prop up on some blocks, then I can do it pretty easily. What would you say that are the do's and don'ts? Uh, I do think it's a great idea to have a consistent practice. You know, I think movement in pregnancy and exercise is really, really important. So I'd say at least two to three times a week for a sustained period of at least 30 minutes. It would be a great idea to practice yoga or some other form of of exercise that's well-rounded. I do think it's a great idea to incorporate that breath work on a daily basis um, because breath work is so important for uh, your parasympathetic system, your ability to self-soothe, self-calm, and that can be really great preparation for delivery. Um, and it also just helps you, you know, stay calm and sleep better during your pregnancy. Um, things that you shouldn't do in a yoga class when you're pregnant, especially in the first trimester, you should stay away from twists. Uh, lower spine twists can sometimes are associated with with miscarriage early on in a pregnancy. So you want to avoid deep twists. You can do some from the upper back, some thoracic spine twisting, especially later on, but you want to be careful early. Um, you don't want to do any prolonged inversions, so you stay away from things like shoulder stands. Um, and you definitely want to stay away from a more in the second half of pregnancy because your baby knows which way is up and down and, and where they should be in the birthing position. But if you're doing an inversion, that could be a little confusing and, and could put the baby in potentially a breech position. Um, it also doesn't really help too much with the heartburn associated with pregnancy either. So we try to minimize inversions. And then you don't want to overstretch because, of course, your hormones change in pregnancy. 
and you'll find that your ligaments are much more lax, which can make you more prone to injury if you overstretch. Um, so you just have to kind of be careful that all your stretching feels very gentle, that you're using your props, and that the uh, stretch feels good, that it doesn't feel like an overstrain. Yeah, my sister said that she really enjoyed your class. Oh. Um, she's like, I really loved her class. And I was like, I, I want to know what, how, you know, I've never taken a prenatal yoga class. So I was like, I mean, what a better person to ask than you. Yeah, and another thing that I try to stay away from in those classes is getting up and down from the floor over and over again. <laughs> uh, so you start in a sitting position? No, I just do a floor series, and then my standing series doesn't involve a lot of, um, you know, chaturangas and down dogs and those kind of things. Just because it, you move different when you're pregnant, and some things are a little harder to do. Now, how about malasana, Becky? Would that help? Does malasana help? Yes, malasana is safe in all trimesters, and it's also very great you know, delivery prep, and, and it can help a lot with a lot of issues um, during pregnancy, like pubic symphysis pain and, and things like that. Now, I have three more questions for you, um, Becky. So my first question is, did you move today? Um, moving. Well, I moved to get out of bed and to make breakfast. That's all I've done so far today. <laughs> <laughs> What's movement for you? Uh, movement, well, from the scientific uh, level of things, movement is just, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry. It might be a little too abstract in general for me. That's okay. Um, you can, you know, just, you can give it a try if you want to. Just a thing. Like, I mean, it could be anything, honestly. It doesn't have to be scientifically based. Oh. It's just for you what it is. All right. What is movement? Um, I would say movement is very beneficial. It helps combat stiffness. Um, it helps with longevity, combats cardiac issues. So those are the things I think of when I think of movement. Do you think that breathing can be considered movement? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we pay a lot of attention to movement in the diaphragm uh, with breathing. Becky, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, with everyone listening? And if you could also share, you know, where, where can we find you? My virtual yoga studio that I, I teach within is the OM Institute. So it's a, it's a virtual studio. So you can find me on the OM Institute website. Um, I teach a virtual class every Tuesday and Thursday. It's at 8.30 Pacific time zone, 10.30 Central time zone. So that's where you can find me. Um, and yeah, I guess the only other thing I'd like to share is, you know, that the yoga classes are pretty much good for anybody. You don't have to be pregnant. It's good for, for non-pregnant clients, but um, it is a prenatal class, so it's safe for all trimesters of pregnancy to engage in. Thank you so much, Becky, for your time. And if you're listening uh, to this episode right now, you should take this class. Um, if you're pregnant, my, my sister loved it. So um, make sure to check the OM Institute. 
And Becky, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm happy you said yes when I reach out to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you calling. All right, guys. I hope that you moved today. And if you haven't, you still have a couple of hours. Thank you again, thank Becky. Thank you.